We are back with another episode of About Crypto, and I have my buddy Edwin here. How's it going, man? Going great, Cody. How you doing? Living the dream in New York, man. Waiting for the last phase so I go back outside and uh, live my life again, hopefully soon. Excellent. How's everything where you're at? Everything's good. Uh, on the upswing. On the upswing. Hung out with some friends outside the other day at a park and felt good to be normal. That's good, man. Yeah, I did that the other day, too, and it, it felt good. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my first question for you is, uh, how did you get into crypto? Yeah, uh, I got into crypto in September 2017. Um, price was the biggest indicator uh, for, for me to get into. It's what drew me into it. I was My background's private wealth management. Um, so we dealt with high net worth individuals, uh, sophisticated investors, and I read the Bitcoin white paper and then followed by the Ethereum white paper and I realized that the future was was coming down the pike and that private wealth management, in my opinion, wasn't really long for this world with you know, Bitcoin being sound money and Ethereum being programmable money. Um, investment advisory services weren't, weren't, weren't uh, where things were headed, let's put it that way. Uh, got in, started trading it, noticed it was very cumbersome to say the least. And then synced up with uh, my brother, who's actually our CTO, Michael Hanchu, uh, rocket scientist. And I told him I wanted to do any asset to any asset at the best price. Uh, very simple words to say, but uh, after you know, we worked on it for a couple of years, we got our, our initial product actually coming out into production uh, in the next like few days. Awesome, man. And uh, yeah. the project you guys are working on is called uh, One Conto. I would love to hear more about that. Oh yeah, one conto. It's uh, so conto is German for account. So our our goal was one account to access all pools of liquidity and all assets. Um, so going further to traditional assets and enabling you to buy Apple or Tesla stock with Bitcoin um, and making it seem natural and completely easy and as it should be to you. Uh, currently, our core product that we're we're just releasing into production is called Telonium, and that's an OmniPath smart order router which does any asset to any asset making it look natively and then going a step further at the best price um, so instead of going and finding the best bitcoin usd price across five or six different exchanges or whatever the case may be um, we'll go bitcoin to eth to litecoin to usd and what we find is we get a better price for the client uh, and it reduces the market impact so that way larger orders get spread and it provides a higher level of business efficiency. Most of our clients are on the broker side. So they're working with the end consumer and we, we work on the consolidating uh, volume. Nice. That's really cool, man. And it's nice to see people coming from uh, traditional assets into Bitcoin, even though yeah. some people not saying any names, Goldman Sachs <laughs> says it's not an asset. So <laughs> <laughs> Little little word of advice there. Whenever Goldman Sachs says go left, go right. Their um, their their public facing research and messaging is always contrary to what they're actually doing on the back end, or at least in my opinion, I've seen it on the equity side and the fixed income side over the last 10, 15 years, and I'm sure they'll implement that same strategy with Bitcoin as well. Absolutely, man. And uh, do you think Bitcoin is a must-have to have in your portfolio? Yes, yes, I do. Um, I one to two percent of a portfolio, I think, is a sensible amount to hold, um, and I feel safe saying that as a blanket recommendation. 
just because you can see you know one to two percent fall on the s p any given day so if you're comfortable with that level of risk you know losing if bitcoin went to zero for instance losing one to two percent of somebody's portfolio isn't going to put them in the poorhouse and make them eating cat food during retirement it's but you have that asymmetric upside where that one to two percent could end up being 10 20 or 40 or 50 percent of your overall portfolio in 10 years time yeah absolutely man and it's it's crazy how early we actually are you know the community is still small there's not that many products out there that are catering to retirement funds and things like that yeah super interesting um where do you see the uh, future of bitcoin do you see it as a normal payment option or do you see it as just like an asset to hold yeah uh, i see it as a combination so i i see bitcoin as uh the way banks and governments will eventually be moving funds from one party to the other and owning Bitcoin is like owning a portion of that network and, and that currency that will be, be used in those large volume transactions. I think day to day, people will use, um, if it's right to call it synthetic Bitcoin or off-chain Bitcoin or a dollar equivalent. Um, but I do think that large transactions will be moved from, you know, between nations and between banks and large counterparties via Bitcoin due to its security, its length of history, and its easy use. I mean, even expensive transactions on Bitcoin are insanely cheap when compared to the traditional financial systems that we have today. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, there's no middleman for the most part. It just goes from yeah. P to P, which is... You can go person to person, business to business, entity to entity. Sorry, pops up. <laughs> All good, man. Just um, woke up. I thought I had his nap timed correctly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can go person to person without without that middleman involved. I mean, uh, one of my favorite stories when I was at Wells, uh, the wealth management firm I was with, we had a client that wanted to buy a house in Greece in cash. His money, this person is no AML risk, nothing. It took over a week and countless forms for him to authorize us wiring the funds over to Greece to buy a house. And I mean, it's insane to jump through those levels of hoops and ladders to, um, to move your money and buy something with your money. And Bitcoin stops that. And it you know, solves a lot of other problems like the Federal Reserve and the Cantillion effect and all these other things. But um, that's, a, that's a practical use case that people interact with on a daily basis that they can wrap their head, heads around. Yeah. And you touched on something pretty interesting, the cotillion effect. And I don't think yeah. many people know what that is. Do you mind sharing with the audience what that is? Yeah. So it's uh, where the Federal Reserve and the process of inflation creates parties that get more benefit from the inflation, the closer they are to the faucet. So as the Fed opens that faucet up, you have what you have is bankers and dealers right underneath of it, scooping it up and using that money before it hits everybody else. So they get the newly printed assets, they buy goods, prices rise, and then everybody downstream is put at a disadvantage. Uh, specifically, pensioners, people that are living on fixed incomes, teachers, police, firemen, um, you know, the real heart and soul of this country that allow us to operate are the most disadvantaged by it. Yeah, and especially from the huge stimulus packages that are coming out right now, the cotillion effect is coming to full force. Yeah, $8 trillion. I mean, it's, that's not a small number. <laughs> no, not, not at all. <laughs> no. But uh, just want to say thanks again for uh, coming on and where can people find you? 
Yeah, um, on Twitter at ehanshu, E-H-A-N-D-S-C-H-U-H. And then you can check out our website, the number one, K-O-N-T-O dot com, or email edwin at onekonto.com for any business inquiries if you want to reach out to me directly. Sweet. Thanks again, Edwin. And everyone have a good day. Thanks, Cody. You too.